Say amen. Let me read the word. Before you sit down, let me read the word. Let me read the word. This is about Gideon. Gideon, because our, our book is uh, in the book, Goliath Must Fall. I get the task of speaking on fear, so I was looking at Gideon. You don't know the story. He's a Midianite. I mean, Gideon is, 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 uh, is an Israelite, but the Midianites keep coming in and stealing their crops. And uh, they've been doing it for years, and Gideon is called to, like, look, raise your people up, because we're going to go, and we're going to war against the Midianites. And God calls Gideon to do it. And Gideon's from the smallest tribe. He's like, what do you mean me? Struggle with fear. So let me read this. In Judges chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord? Gideon said, like, what you talking about, Willis? What? Me? Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. When I looked at this, I called this message, what if? What if? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word, God. I thank you that we can come here, God. Please, please, God, let me decrease you and your word. Increase, Father. We will be able to deal with the situation as of fear. And God, all of us deal with fear, Father. I just thank you for what we're going to learn about fear through the eyes of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Did I forget my water? Did Where's my water? There you go. That's how you start off a service, James. You can get your water. Oh, ooh, I got hands, Pastor Gary. Come on now. All right. But I want to welcome our online audience. Our online audience. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Online audience. Let me hear you. Wow. <laughs> the online audience. <laughs> I can't hear them. You're like, can you hear them? No, I can't hear them. But I just want to welcome our online audience. And everything I do, we have a culture here at this church of honor. Pastor Kim and Pastor Gary, I don't want to thank you for allowing me to come up here. I want to thank you for the years that you've served this city of Jacksonville and the changes that you made in not only my lives, but thousands of lives. People have come and gone. Thousands. Thousands. Every time I make a call and I'm like, yes, it's Evangel Temple, Pastor Gary. Oh, Gary Wiggins, can I get his autograph? Sometimes they say it to me. Just like, but they love you, man. They love you. They love you. Thank you. And so, chapter 3, Goliath must fall. And it does. It talks about something that we all deal with is fear. We all deal with fear. All of us, we deal with it. You know what the number one fear is that we have as human beings? Public speaking. It's public speaking. Number two is death. So I have this joke. At my funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than do the eulogy. How does that work? Okay? But we all have a fear of death. And every time I come and speak, there's a fear. Satan would come in and say, what if you met? What if you, what if? I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. God is too good. I've been doing this a while. I've been doing this a while. And that's what I'm, I'm going to talk about. But we have fear. All of us, all of us have fear. Watch this. There's nothing wrong with having fear. Because we all have it. It's, we all have fear. But there are some of us that struggle with fear. That's two different things. Having fear and struggling with fear. And I'll talk about it because a lot of us have fear about our children, our health, our finances, extended family. And I want to talk about it in terms of how we get through fear. Because every time I hear about fear or I hear a scripture or, or, or a sermon about fear, I, I hear people talking about David and Goliath. David and Goliath. And you know, David got a rock and he went to Goliath and hit him in the head. And when Goliath fell, he went and took a, 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 his, his own sword and cut his head off. And they never talk about if David had fear. Did he have fear? I don't, I don't know. He's a regular guy. 
He's a regular guy like me and some of the men here. He's a regular guy. How do you know he's a regular guy? Because he saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof. He's a regular guy. That's a whole nother message. But it never talks about did he have fear. I don't know. But the brother got five stones, not one. He got five of them. Now, I know Goliath had four brothers, but he was called to fight Goliath, and he took, one, he took five stones because maybe it was just like, okay, well, well maybe. I'm, but here's the thing that David knew. David knew that God had got him out of some stuff before that was going to kill him. He knew that God is so good that any time he gets into a situation that's going to kill him, he didn't have to fear because God had gotten him out before. Is there anybody in here that's ever been in a situation... Come on, church. Listen, there are some of us in here that drove home from the bar and we shouldn't have even been behind the wheel and we made it home not because of our driving, because God's goodness. There are some of us that have kids and we're thinking, what in the world is going to happen with their future? And we've been praying over them, been praying over them, and praying over them, and our knees are sore. And then God does something in their lives and turns them on a 180 degree. They're not where they're at, but they're not where they used to be. And we used to fear it, but God. And there were times, and I've had this, where you go into that supervisor's office and you think you're going to get fired and then you come out and you have a raise and a promotion, but God. Or you get ready to pay that bill and you're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this and pay this bill. And then you check online and you find out the bill was already paid and there's some leftover, but God. See, that's what Gideon knew. Or I'm sorry, that's what David knew. David knew that God had rescued me from the bear and he rescued me from the lion. And if he rescued me from the bear and he rescued me from the lion, then he's going to do it again. That's why when we come in here, we do praise and worship and we sing a song that sounds something like, I see you move a mountain and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way and I believe you're going to do it again. And that's why we come here and we worship and my first point is the antidote for fear is faith. And the soundtrack of faith is worship. I'll say it again so you can retweet it. The antidote for fear is faith. And the soundtrack of faith is worship. That's why we come in here and worship. That's why we do it. We don't do it because we want to have fun. We don't do it because we want to keep in the order of the service. We do it because we're trying to get God's attention. We want him to get his attention. James, what do you mean get God's attention? My word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. It also says that when, we, when blessings come up, there are sweet-smelling fragrance to God. And that's why one time Miss Kim came up here and said, God eats. And I was looking at her, he's like, God eats. When we praise and worship, it's a sweet-smelling savor. When we praise and worship, he likes it. He likes to eat it. We're just trying to get God's attention. And now that I moved here on the west side, I'll go past Popeye's chicken every day. And there's that one day they're cooking the chicken and the aroma's coming out of the roof. And then it hit me and I'll be like, what is that? I don't even like Popeye's chicken but it gets my attention because I can smell the aroma. And when we come in here and we praise and worship, only thing we're trying to do is get God's attention to say, I'm struggling with this, God. I need your help. That's why we praise and worship. Not because it's a good thing to do. It's one of the ways we get through fear. The antidote for fear is faith. And the soundtrack of faith is worship. Let's move on. Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Now we get into Gideon. When the, Lord, uh, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, here's what you got to understand about Gideon. Gideon is from the smallest tribe of Manasseh. 
The Midianites have been coming in and basically robbing them. I think it's been like seven years. Just taking their stuff. Just taking it. And so when the angel of the Lord comes in and goes, hey, Gideon, mighty warrior. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. See, Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. What do you mean, James, threshing wheat in a wine press? When you thresh wheat, you're supposed to throw it up in the air and it separates. He's in the wine press. A wine press is a place that it's, it's, it's circular and it's below and you're crushing grapes. He's in the wine. He's so afraid that he's in the wine press trying to get the wheat to separate. For those of you who don't understand, let me say it to you this way. He's so afraid to go outside and see his neighbors, he wants to fly a kite in his living room. It doesn't work that way. That's how fearful he is, Gideon. And the Lord comes up to him and goes, hey, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, what? But here's what I've learned. See, the enemy will always come and scream our problems, but God will come and whisper the promise. The enemy will always come. You, you don't, you can't, never. But God will come to us and whisper, you're my child. And see, my second point, is the world will ponder on our problems, but the Lord will proclaim us through his promise. See, he sees it differently. That's why he called Gideon a mighty warrior. Let me say it again. The world will ponder on our problems, but the Lord will proclaim us through his promise. Do you know how many people the world saw with their problems, but the Lord proclaimed their promise? Do you know how many people that the world saw the problem, but the Lord proclaimed their promise. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He was ripping people off. And the people saw Zacchaeus. See, the world saw, let me try this. The world saw Zacchaeus as ripping off his people in every way. But the Lord came and said, salvation comes to Zacchaeus' house today. You see, he sees it all together different. Levi hung out with the most notorious sinners. The most notorious sinners. The world saw Levi hanging out with notorious sinners. But the Lord went with Levi and invited him to dinner. See, the world changed, or, or, or the Lord sees it all together different. Jacob, Jacob was a deceiver. He should have been in jail. Stole his brother's birthright. But the world sees Jacob as a deceiver who should have been jailed. The Lord called him Israel because he fought with an angel and he prevailed. The Lord sees it all together different. Then you've got Gideon. Gideon, he's afraid. He's in a wine press, afraid. And the Lord calls him a mighty warrior because of the courage that he's going to display. The Lord sees it all together different. And church, he told me to tell you and me too, when you have to fight a giant, the world will see that giant that'll keep you all uptight, but the Lord came off the cross, so we rest in him tonight. That's why, church, the Lord sees it different. James, what are you talking about? I thought we were talking about fear. I am talking about fear, but I'm talking about in the confines, the way the Lord sees fear as opposed to the way we see fear. Watch this. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, one of my favorite scriptures. Have I not commanded you? It wasn't like God was like, this might be a good thing to do. This might be a suggestion. Have I not commanded you? Thank you, guys. I love it. Be strong and, and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you 
wherever you go. Commanded, not asked you, commanded us, commanded us to be strong and of good courage. You know what I found out reading the book of the Giants Must Fall? There are 366 verses on fear not. Coincidence? Uh uh. 366 verses on fear. And I just believe God said, I know people are going to struggle with this, and I know people are going to have fear, so I need to put something for them every day of their life. The Bible, when you read it, it reads you. 366 scriptures on fear not. But we quote these scriptures, we must try to look through fear at his word. I got Before you guys put it up, I got to show you something. I'm telling you, I looked at this thing, I laughed at this thing, and then God dealt with me about this thing. I want to show you a picture. Media team, can we put the picture up? Now look at that picture. I'm looking, I'm I'm thinking the same thing you guys are thinking. Can everybody see, come make sure, can everyone see the picture? It's a horse, for those of you who don't know, tied to a chair. (laughs) A horse tied to a chair. And I shake my head and I look at it and I'm like, don't don't the horse know that he's stronger than the chair? Don't the horse know that he can just run from the chair and it won't hurt him? Don't the horse know that no matter what chair they tie him to, he's strong enough to break away from it? But don't the horse know that, man, it's just a chair and he's a horse. But I read something in the Word. This talks about God, what he does inside of us. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I looked at this picture, and God started dealing with me. And this is what he said. Stay with me, church. Can I put the picture back up, please? It's a horse tied to a chair. I often wonder how many times God sits on his throne and looks at us like we're the horse and the chair is fear. And he says, don't they know that they're fearfully and wonderfully made? Don't they know that they're made in my image? Don't they know that they're the head and not the tail? Don't they know that they can cast their cares upon me? Don't they know that if they just seek me first, I'll give them everything else. And when I looked at that picture, I stopped laughing and I said, that has been me before. I'm not talking about anybody here. That's been me before. It wasn't funny anymore. But the one thing I saw is I saw how I don't have to be tied to a chair called fear ever again in my life. I'm going to have it. I don't have to be tied to it. You understand me? I may have it, but I don't have to be tied to it. Let me get into this. The third part. We understand what God once did, but we lose faith over what God can do. You with me? We understand what God once did, but we will lose our faith over what God can do. And see, this is what happens with me again. When I do this stuff, this is not for you guys. It's for me. 
I just, James, you got to preach. All right, part of my job. I'll come up here and, and preach it. But see, I've often struggled with what God did. Oh, see, God, I know you can open up the Red Sea. I read that. But can you open up my wallet to take care of this financial situation? See, God, I know, I know, I know you turned water into wine. I read that. I know you turned water into wine. But can you turn my heart around to love my coworkers? See, God, I know you healed the man of leprosy, and I know you've healed a, a, a blind man. I know you've did that. I've seen that before. But God, can you heal this problem I have with struggling with fear? See, we're good at what God can do for them. But can he do it for us? Can he do it for us? That's why in, in John chapter 6, verse 13, this is what Gideon was struggling with. Gideon said, pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? What Gideon was saying is, I know what you did in Egypt. Part of the Jewish culture was to hand down stories of how good God was. I know what you did to the Egyptians in Egypt. Can you do the same thing to the Midianites? I know about the blessing of Moses when he saw the burning bush. Can you still do miracles like that today? God, I know how Joshua surrounded Jericho, but I'm struggling with 300 men to fight 123,000. Can you do it? God, I know you've done it for them. And I'm here to tell you, church, if you're one of those ones who struggle with fear, you struggle with anxiety, if he did it for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Gideon in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it says God is not a respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for us. You don't have to struggle with fear. If he did it for them, he'll do it with us. And it's not in my notes. Thank you, God. Every time I get into a situation, every time I get into a situation, I say to myself, oh, you opened up the Red Sea. My situation, I mean, how hard can it be? All right? You walked on water. How hard can it be? You stood in the fire. How hard can it be? And I have to stand on that. I can either stand on that or I can stand on God, can you come through? Will you come through? You know, you can worry yourself sick where you can't even sleep and get ulcers from worrying, from fear, and, and just having it overtake you and overcome you. I'm not saying we don't have fear. I'm talking about struggling with fear and anxiety. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay, it's not in my notes. I was, I was with um, Sean. Sean, who works here. We were looking at something. I was speaking somewhere else. There are, there, there are so many Walgreens, I forget how many were, Walgreens, Publix, um, uh, CVS, uh, all these, all kinds of pharmacies. And I remember one day I was on Southside and Bay Meadows and I was like, love thy neighbors yourself. How hard can it be? And God said, son, you don't get it. I was like, what? He said, people are struggling with themselves, with fear and anxiety. I was like, okay. I was sitting at Southside and Bay Meadows. He said, look around you. There was a Walgreens here. There was a CVS there. There was a Publix with a pharmacy there. There was a Publix a half mile down, and there was a Target with a pharmacy in it right there. And that's when it hit me. People are struggling with fear, with anxiety, to the point where they can't even love 
themselves and we expect them to love other people. Fear and anxiety. Let me read this one. My fourth point. What kind of seeds are we planting in our families? See, because what Gideon did, Gideon was like, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? Where is it? Because here's what, and it doesn't say it in the Bible, because here's what I believe is going on. Man, the Midianites have been, been overtaking him for years. And now he wants to tell his family, God has been so good to us. How's, how's Gideon going to say God has been so good to us? And the Midianites are, are robbing him. Robbing him. But I often think this. What kind of seeds do we sow into our family when things come up? Is it a seed of, oh my goodness, this is never going to work out? Or is it a seed of, let's let God take care of this. Let's take it to God. Let's pray to God about this. Let's pray to God. And I remember that about 10 years ago, my, my, um, my brother and my sister-in-law moved here from Pittsburgh. I went to Pittsburgh and I, and I brought them down here. And I said, man, you got to get out. You got to get out of where we live. And so I brought him down here. And when I brought him down here, my nephew was going to start first grade at the same school that my, my kids went to. And so we're driving him to school. And, I'm, and, I, and I was like, well, you know, I called the school and I hope they get a teacher. Uh, her name was Miss Saley. She was the teacher of the year in Duval County. She was the teacher of the year in the state. And she was the teacher of the year at the school. So I was like, man, I hope she, they get Miss Saley. So I'm sitting in the car driving myself, my brother, my sister-in-law. I love her. I'm not coming down on her and my daughter they were all in the car and so we're having this back and forth well what if what if what if my nephew Sean what if he don't get Miss Saley I was like what if he does get Miss Saley they're like no 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 because you don't understand if he doesn't get Miss Saley you know she's the teacher there and all these what what if she does get Miss Saley well, no, James, you, you don't get it. We've come all the way down here from Pittsburgh, and we can't have our life. And so I, what happens if, you know, what other teacher is the, what if they do get Miss Saley? Chill. So open the door, walk in school, going, hey, how you doing? Hey, Mr. Price, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, everything like that. Hey, this is my nephew, Sean, the one I was calling you about. Um, uh, who's his teacher? Oh, we're happy to tell you his teacher is Miss Saley. All right, thank you very much. Walk into class. I get in my car and I look at my sister-in-law and I said, with all love, I love you, but I cannot have you sowing seeds of doubt into my family. I can't. I do not operate that way. I cannot live for a God that walks on water and doubt if he can come through for me. I can't do it. I cannot live for a God that can stand in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and have some struggles with some things that are going on in my natural life. I cannot live for a God and continue to doubt what he's going to do every day when he says that the blessings are yes and amen. I cannot doubt that God. I cannot have fear. I can't do that. My mind doesn't operate that way. My mind always operates, to be honest with you, not on my notes again, I grew up in a project so poor that robbers would break in and leave us stuff. I'm kidding, that's a joke. But I grew up poor. Anything else I get is gravy, and I'm thanking God for it. If I end up back in the projects, he's so good that he'll get me out. But I cannot operate in fear and unbelief. I can't do it. I don't work that way. Somebody pray for me. I can't. I can't. I can't. And so let me bring this around to a conclusion because I'm going to tell you a story. The rest of Gideon. Here's what's interesting about the rest of Gideon. Gideon ends up 
he has like 80, 90,000 soldiers. And God keeps telling him, you got too many. You got narrowed down. Those who go down and drink the water. It's a great story. You got to read it in Judges chapter 7. You got to read it. It's a great story. I love it. People used to tell me the Bible was boring. I was like, uh, read Gideon, okay? And he gets down to 300 soldiers. 300. I told you, God looks at things differently. Now watch this, church. God told me to tell you this. Your enemy will watch you come through it, and they will look at it differently. What are you talking about, James? Here's what I found out when I was preparing for this. Scholars believe, and they talked about it. During wartime, in this time, if a man held up a torch, it always watches. You're going to laugh. I mean, it's kind of funny. If he held up a torch in war, that signified that there were a 1,000 men behind him. So what do Gideon and them do? They take 300 and, sur 300 and surround the camp. You know what the Midianites are thinking? Well, if they got 300 surrounding us and they all got torches, they must have 300,000 men. I'm telling you, the Lord will look at it differently and he'll do it where your enemies will look at it altogether different. Altogether different. And so that's why when there's a struggle with fear, a struggle with fear, I'm not saying we have fear, we have fear, we have fear. But when there's a struggle, we have to see it through the confines of the word of God. We have to see it through the confines of the word of God because it will help us to understand. And so let me go through, through my um, four points because I'm going to get to something at the end. Watch this. First one was the antidote for fear is faith and the soundtrack of faith is worship. The, word will, the world will ponder on our problems, but the Lord will proclaim us through his promise. We understand what God once did, but we will have faith with what he will do. And what kind of seeds are we planting in our families? I gotta end, I gotta end with this story. I read this, I read this. This group, the first group that ever climbed Mount, Mount Everest, I just was fascinated by it, so I just started reading it. And I found out that the group was about, there was about 25 of them. It's a group, I forget what country they were from. They got about a quarter mile from the top. And so they were extremely tired. So they said, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to rest. And then we'll get up early in the morning and we'll all make it to the peak of Mount Everest. And they all agreed, okay, okay, we'll make it to the peak. Well, you always got one guy in there who wants to do his own thing and then beat everybody so he can get the rah, 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 I did it first. So this one guy gets up at four o'clock in the morning, pitch dark, and he climbs up to the, the top. Right before he gets to the top, he got his ropes and everything, he slips and he falls, and he cannot see anything. He can't, and he's hanging on the, he's hanging on the rope, and he's reaching and he's hanging, and he's like, I don't know what to do, and he starts praying. He's like, hey God, uh, if you're there, um, if you help me, uh, I, I, I'll live for you. And he said he heard God, because he later told the story. He said he heard God say, then cut the rope. He's like, oh, uh, I'm afraid to cut the I ain't cutting this rope. Uh, uh And he was there for an hour, and he starts getting cold. His fingers start tingling, his toes start tingling. He's like, God, making a deal with God. None of you have ever done that. Make a deal with God. All right, God, you get me out of this. And, and, and I'll live for you forever. God says, cut the rope. Right when he was getting ready to be unconscious, he said it one more time, God, please help me. Help me. And God said, if you, if, if, if 
going to live for me. I need you to cut the rope. I'm unconscious. Well, a group went up and found him. And they put him in the infirmary. And they went up and they climbed the top of Mount Everest and he was still in the infirmary. And this kid comes back to him and he goes, hey, mister, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing fine. And he goes, wow, when we came to get you, I don't understand why you didn't cut the rope. And the guy looks at the kid like, I wasn't going to cut the rope. And the kid goes, yeah, I thought it was interesting because when, when you found you, you were about this high off the ground. The fear set in. And when the fear set in, he didn't look at it through the eyes of God. He looked at it through his own natural eyes, church. See, we don't have to struggle with fear. We do have fear. Thank you, God. Church, Pastor Gary comes up here and talks about tithe, and he talks about how it's pressed down, shaking together, runneth over. And I was talking to Pastor Randy. The thing that I, I don't, I, I, a lot of times I don't think about is the devourer. He will take away the devourer. Church, I've been working here for nine months. Watch this. I've been working here for nine months. And years ago, I've, I've gotten over the, the fear of tithing. I just, I know what God has done. It's tithing. I've been working here for nine months. And in nine months, when I'm tithing, sometimes, uh, none of you do this. Sometimes I'll be driving, I'm like, all right, God, where's the blessing? 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 Like I'm going to go down the street and all of a sudden I'm going to see $500 in a bag. All right? If you see a bag, there's not money in it, okay? So don't go telling somebody, oh, there's money in the bag, okay? So as I started thinking about it, here's what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened to me in the last nine months. I just moved. I moved. I had Mikey and Brenton and them help me because I helped you move, Brenton. They helped me move. I saved $200 in rent. Then I went back and redid my car insurance. I saved just as much of my car insurance as what I tithe every month. Then I looked at my cable bill, cut $70. Then I looked at my JEA, cut so much. And I started thinking, oh my goodness, James, when you tithe, it's not so much the blessing you're getting in, it's that God will take the devourer and he'll keep it out and you'll have more. Because there are some of you that are like me, I used to fear giving. I used to fear giving. I used to say, God, there is no way. I'm telling you, the enemy will sit next to you and say, there is no way in the world that you can give. I'm here telling you, there's no way in the world that you can't give. He, I'm living proof. A lot of times I'll hear people come up here and speak, oh, man, what have you gone through? I'm living proof. In nine months, it was like, wow, the blessing wasn't added. He took away the devourer, the fear. So here's what I want to do. Everyone, I want you to stand up. Stand up. I'm going to pray with some people because I'm one of the ones that need prayer as well. Okay? If you're in here, whatever you had by every eye closed. First of all, if you're in here and you've never made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, your Lord and your Savior, He has to be Lord and Savior. If that's you, because this is what Jesus said. Don't put this on James. Jesus said this. If you ever deny me in front of man, I'll deny you in front of my Father in heaven. But when you accept me in front of man, I will accept you in front of my Father in heaven. If you've never confessed with your tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord, I want you to signify by raising a hand. If you've never done that. All right, I see a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Put the hands down. Now, we're going to pray because we're going to come up here. If you're in here and there's something in your life, this is not a heaven or hell deal, but something in your life is causing you some fear where even sometimes you lose sleep or you just need prayer. 
or you want to pray for someone who's causing you fear because it's a child or somebody if that's you I want you to come down to this altar on a count of three and I say this all the time but wait a minute when you come down to this altar we mean business altar means altar it means to change things you got to come down here and if you don't want to come down here because you're thinking about what somebody else is going to say what somebody's going to look at you that is your God you go deal with them but down here we come to a God that can change it in an instant if that's you on a count of three I want you to come down here so we can pray for you one two three come on down and let's pray over some fear yes thank you Lord.